Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders podcast. I am your host, Craig Dixon. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Belmont Skates, and you can follow my personal account at Craig J. Dixon, both on Twitter. Uh, what a weekend. Uh, Islanders coming off of back-to-back wins, matinee games at home <laughs> against two Western Conference teams and coming away with the win in both games, an overtime win against the Avalanche and a regula- uh, regulation win over the Wild. Great two games. Um, there was some... A lot of lot of good things to look at uh, to look at with these two games. Um, Islanders fell behind early against uh, Colorado, came back, sealed it in overtime, um, and got a pretty early lead early in the second period against the Wild, and just shut them down and and held on for the rest of the game. Um, so let's jump right into uh, the game on Saturday uh, afternoon game at the Barclays Center, uh, Colorado Avalanche in town to face the Islanders. I mean, this game had all the makings of a complete, uh, you know, Jack Capuano, or as some of our uh, my po- my podcast colleagues like to call a Dougie blowout with uh, Doug Waite. I mean, it just had the feel of one of those games where it just nothing was going to go the Islanders' way. I felt like uh, first period, I felt like the Islanders really outplayed the Avalanche. Um, I feel like the Islanders uh, had better possession numbers. I didn't actually look at the advanced stats for this, so I don't know. I'm just speaking from the eye test, if you will. Uh, I thought the Islanders played really well in the first period, um, and you know they kind of just got caught. They couldn't convert. Um, uh, they just they seemed to be a little snake bitten. Um, they generally seemed uh, a little snake bitten in general since the All Star break. Um, you know, so. And, I mean, let's not say the Islanders didn't have their scoring chances. Varlamov was unbelievable. He was great. I'm, I'm probably butchering his the pronunciation of his name, but he was great uh, in that for Colorado. Uh, and the Islanders just kind of, like, they just, I felt like they really deserved to leave that first period with a, with a lead. Um, and, you know, Colorado kind of got a lucky, uh, as Butchie likes to say, a fortuitous bounce. Uh, shot off the end boards, goes right in front of the net, and... Carl Soderberg, of all people, uh, brings it home. Uh, and, th- and that was the one line that really was giving the Islanders fits the whole game, which is, like, surprising when you've got, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon and uh, and Landeskog out there. But, you know, you're, when you're getting beat by the likes of uh, a Carl Soderberg, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it could be a little frustrating. Uh, so the Islanders fell behind one nothing uh, in the first period of that game. Uh, it looked... It looked pretty dismal. Uh, I mean, the outlook wasn't very good. Um, early in the second period, the Avs extended their lead 2-0 on a great shot by Eric Johnson. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really want to blame Leonard on this one, but I feel like Leonard would probably want a second shot at that. I just feel like maybe he wasn't set, wasn't ready for that shot to c- come off. It was a great shot. I mean, it was right in the top corner. So, I mean, but, you know, he was, he was way out. Leonard was way out. I feel like Leonard... You probably ask him; he'd probably want a second shot at that one. Um, but it it didn't look good. I mean, the Islanders fell behind two nothing very early in the game. Um, it was two minute, two and a half minutes into the f- second period, and it just seemed like, all right, well, you know, the Islanders can't win them all. They've won a plenty. They've won plenty of games this year. It just looked like the things were going to unravel. But honestly, that second goal just seemed to wake the Islanders up. They. 
They played well in the second period. They again, they just struggled to beat uh, Varmalov. They just couldn't do it. He was he was stoning them. He, he, they couldn't get anything by him. Um, I mean, you could say the uh, I mean the turning point in the game was definitely getting that late that late second period goal. Uh, Jordan Eberle uh, scoring on a puck that kind of just went through just went through him, and he was just able to chip it over the goal line. Um, it was a good scoring opportunity. I think Lee took the shot. Uh, I think he, yeah, Lee got the assist on that one as well. So, you know, Everly's been scoring a lot lately. He's been one of the Islanders' uh, top producers since um, the All-Star break, I would say. Um, he's, he's you know, he was, it was looking like he was going to be trade bait when the season started. Um, I'm not sure now the Islanders are in this great playoff positioning right now, but like, even so when he wasn't scoring, what were you going to get for a guy? I I mean, you're going to trade away a guy who's okay. Yeah. Unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, but the dude's scoring now. Um, you know, he wasn't in the beginning of the year, but he's turned it up. He's up to 13 goals on the season now. Um, it was a great, great second effort by him just to get that puck in the net. And that kind of changed, that kind of gave the Islanders life. Uh, that was a late one. There was about a minute and a minute and 40 seconds left in the period at that point. So that was big. So coming into the third period, um, the Islanders just turned it on from that point. And it was, it was a great overall effort from the whole team. Um, I thought the, um, I thought Bailey's line looked really good for the first time in a long time. Um, and I've loved, the ever since they've moved Dal Cole to the first line, or the second line, however you want to call it, depends on how they deployed each night, but uh, ever since they moved Dal Cole to the Barzil-Bailey line and bumped uh, Beauvillier down, I feel like that line has just, it, it's just awoken. Um, it's, it's great to see, because Bailey... Um, anyone who follows my personal Twitter account knows that I've been kind of getting on Bailey lately. He had a, he had a couple game stretch. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but there was a game where he was playing a lot in overtime and he must've turned the puck over at least two or three times that created scoring chances. And his game has just been off in general. So this was a great play. Um, I don't remember who took the shot, but I know Dal Cole made a nice deflection to kind of deaden the puck and Bailey was kind of just skating towards the net, made a great play, um, a, a nice a nice deke to get uh, Varmalov out of net, um, Varmalov made the first save, but Bailey in his, you know, Bailey's really good on second effort individual attempts of his own, this isn't the first time I've seen him score a goal like that, so, you know, he got stoned on the first one, but he buried his own rebound, tucked it in the corner, Islanders tied the game midway through the third period, looked like the Islanders were, like, in firm control, uh, so, Moving on, uh, the power play looking like they're they're actually gonna do something here now, huh? I mean, so we go to very uh, not not too much later, about five minutes later into the game, thirteen minutes into the game, uh, in the third period, I should say. Uh, Pulak with a great slap shot to give the Islanders a four three lead, uh, three two lead, and it looked like the Islanders were set. They looked like they were gonna shut this down. Everything was great. I mean, you know what? It just goes to show you how lethal of an option that Ryan Pulak can be on the power play. I mean, the kid's got a cannon of a shot. He always has had a cannon of the shot. He he showed signs of being perhaps he was one of the most underheralded players of last year's team. I mean, last year's Islanders got off to a great start. We all know that they fell flat on their face when they couldn't play defense and their goaltenders couldn't 
say stop a beach ball. Um, but you know, the aside from the emergence of Matt Barzil in his rookie of the year season, a lot of people kind of overlook how great of a season that Ryan Pulak really gave, and it was his first real taste of solid playing everyday NHL minutes, and he finally cracked the lineup for good last year. So, you know, we saw glimpses of this last year. We saw glimpses of it in the playoffs a couple years ago against um, against the Panthers. He scored a big power play goal in uh, that series as well. So we know the talent is there for Pulak. It's just about, I, I mean, at least for this year, it's about hitting the net. I mean... If you're going to use him in an Ovechkin type of thing where he's standing on the top of the uh, the faceoff circle and he's just ready to go for a slap shot on the power play, then the dude's got to hit the net. And up until recently, he was not. But, you know, like, I got to give him credit um, in this game and, and yesterday's game as well. He uh, he was in that spot and he was hitting his shots. Um, so he's t- he scored the go-ahead goal with uh, about 13 minutes, uh, almost 14 minutes into the third. It looked like the Islanders had this one wrapped up, 3-2. to two. And, of course, in true Islanders fashion, you know, we'll never get, we'll never let this, uh, this part of our, uh, our identity fade away. The Islanders give up uh, kind of almost a back-break goal, back-breaking goal with seven, uh, 17-15 into the third period. Uh, boy, it was just a... Broken play, bouncing off of defensemen. I think it bounced off of Mayfield. Kind of went into an open, open area that uh, that Leonard couldn't cover. Um, and then uh, whoever centered it, uh, I Comfer J T Comfer, I believe, uh, just uh, threw it towards uh, an open man. It looked like I thought the guy like just one timed it in. I don't know who he passed to, but uh, it turns out it hit. Uh, Devon Taves stick, uh, skate, I should say, and trickled into the Islanders' net, so they tied it. Uh, it had a, you know, we've had glimpses of that team that that happens for. I had, somebody on Twitter said, uh, you know, like, you're not really a, tr- you're not truly a New York Islander defenseman until a game-tying goal goes in off of your stick, so that was, I found that funny. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, the Islanders couldn't close this one out in regulation. doesn't really matter when you're playing a Western Conference team, because you're not playing for you know, positioning, you just need that regulation or overtime win, you know, for your tie-breaking, per- uh, uh, you know, um, priorities, if you will. So, you know, as long as the Islanders could somehow get it done in overtime, uh, it would it would be worth it. Now, overtime was a little scary. Uh, I don't like, I know Islanders had, I know the shift that ended up winning the game was a hell of a drive by Brock Nilsson and Casey Sezikis, but they, uh, the opening minutes where, you know, I, the one thing I don't, I do, don't, I don't, don't get me wrong. I love three on three overtime hockey. It's super exciting. There's a lot of scoring chances going both ways, but it almost feels like a basketball game when it's like, like it's possession. It's all possession. You're just running out the clock. You're just looking for the right lanes. You, you know, there's just like almost too much. There's not enough like, movement, it's almost like, well, you know, like, oh, they're gonna hold the puck, for, like, whoever wins the opening face-off is gonna have the puck for at least the first minute of the, of overtime, and, I mean, how many times have we seen a team win it? I mean, not just the Islanders, but across the league, a lot of teams just win on that first shift of overtime, because it's a possession game, once you have it, you know, you can kind of play keep away, um, you know, try to get the defenseman chasing, try to find some open angles, get some shots, uh, so those first couples, that minute and a half of uh, Colorado winning the faceoff in overtime was 
very scary. Um, they had some good. Sh- they had some good looks. They just couldn't get one by Leonard. Leonard was good. Um, I, I I think Leonard would probably want to have a better game than this one. Um, again, I think he probably want that second one back. And the third one was obviously just unlucky. I mean, there's nothing he could do about that. It hit off a of Taves. What can he do? He can't save everything. Um, so, but I mean, let's talk about that overtime shift though. Holy mackerel! I I Brock Nelson beating out that guy for that puck was just unbelievable watching him skate down the, uh, beyond basically on the end boards, then skating behind the net. Um, basically just keeps, keeps the puck, keeps possession. He kind of cycles out for Sezikis. Sezikis skates up towards the blue line, makes this great turnaround, kind of catches the defenseman off guard. So now it's basically a two on one. Ryan Pulak goes to the net one timer game over Islanders win three to four in overtime in Brooklyn. Uh, Great game for Ryan Pulak. I mean, a kid's got a fucking rocket. You gotta let the kid shoot more. I love to see him jumping up in the play in overtime like that. It was a great play by Zizekas, and it was really a great play by Brock to start the whole start the whole play. I mean, he it felt like he had the puck for a minute, but you know, of course, it wasn't that long. So Islanders come away with a big win over Colorado for their seventieth, sixty uh, ninth, and seventieth points of the season. Uh, and then they go back right back to work the next day in Brooklyn, uh, playing the, uh, Minnesota wild. Um, this game was, uh, a little different, but you know, a, a little bit of the same. Um, I don't want to, the Islanders I thought had one of their best periods in, of the season in the first period against Minnesota. The, I, I talked about bumping, uh, Dal Cole up to the first line, how that was, that worked out nicely for the first line, but it's also working out for that third line now. The Filpula, Komarov, and, and Beauvillier line was, maybe had one of the best periods of any line in this entire season. They were all over the place, and especially Beauvillier, who seems to he seems to know when he needs to start producing. I mean, when you get dropped from the first line to the third line, and, you know, you got guys like uh, Andrew Ladd coming back from injury soon, and, you know, there's always the possibility of some trades, the trade deadline's in a couple weeks. You know, you, you see the writing on the wall. You got to start producing. You got to start, you know, showing that you're not going to be one of the, you know, guys coming out of the lineup each day. Uh, so, boy, he – okay, so – First of all, the goal that he scored. Uh, it was a great, great chip pass, basically from the blue line to from Filpula to hit Beauvillier. It was unbelievable, unbelievable pass and a great shot through the five hole for uh, for Beauvillier. He really needed that one. Islanders had been he has not scored in uh, quite a long time. So, but I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Dubnik, who had again, Islanders keep running into hot goalies who are just. They're really playing them well. Like, I know the Islanders are not scoring right now, but they're also generating chances. They are making they're making the most of their opportunities. They just haven't been able to beat the goalies. Um, you know, they were lucky to beat Varlamov. Oh, God, I can never say that guy's name. And Dubnik was Dubnik was amazing on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so he was able to uh, – Bovillia was able to beat him in the five-hole. Islanders took a one nothing lead into the second intermission. I But, I mean – it could have been more. Uh, it really could have been more. The Islanders, uh, especially that Beauvillier, Filpula, Komarov line, generated at least three or four good scoring chances in that first period. The Islanders very easily could have won this game like 5-1. to one. They really could have. I, this, the team, and it wasn't just that, that line. Um, 
it wasn't just the Beauvillier line, you know, like, and we've seen that with past Islander teams where the, you know, the JT and Kyluk Poso line were the only thing that generated anything in a game. The Islanders either basically barely won or they just got dominated because only one line showed up. This team, I mean, for a, for a game where they only scored goals, every every line showed up. Um, the Barzil and Bailey combo uh, had a really good scoring opportunity in the first or the second, I can't remember, um, but it got stoned by a, a nice pad save by a Dubnik. Uh, the, third, the third line, uh, obviously I said a lot about them, and the Nelson line, again, the Nelson, Lee, and Eberly line, that – that is a good line, guys. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of alarming to watch four lines of Islanders not actually performing and doing their job. Like I didn't have one issue with any forward in this game, and um, even Kunakel uh, filling in for the uh, you know the injured Cal Clutterbuck uh, filling in admirably on the fourth line. You know, like and it, it's coming off as uh, Butch Goring said a lot. It's yeah, it's a tough spot. You're sitting for a long time. Um, you know, like you're just looking for it looking for an opportunity to crack the lineup, you know, it's unfortunate that it happens during uh, an injury to a guy like Cal Clutterbuck, who's had a pretty good year for, you know, uh, for a player like him. And just like, that's a tough spot for him to come in. And he's, he did pretty well. Uh, I thought he had a good, I thought he had a good game. I thought the fourth line had a good game. They had some good scoring chances as well. Uh, The whole, the whole, the, all four lines did all four forward lines did really well in this game. Uh, Islanders, took a late penalty in uh in the end of the first uh that carried over into the second uh I believe Scott Mayfield got a cross-checking penalty I believe was the call so uh unfortunately the game pretty much I mean I mean I don't want to say that the Islanders penalty kill has been great I mean people have they did point out on the broadcast that the Islanders uh power plays in the top Penalty kill, sorry, is in the top five penalty kills since January something. So, like, okay, so that's a pretty decent stretch. Uh, Mid-January, I want to say mid-January about the All-Star break. So you can say that's a decent stretch. So they're in top five since that point. But uh, it was, and honestly, I don't even think this was their, the penalty kill's fault. It was just a kind of like a broken play. Like, Grice was coming out to make a big save. Uh, to cover cover basically the left side of the of the goal and they found an they found another uh, Zucker found uh, Granlund who scored a, a power play goal to tie the game at one so it was only it was 38 seconds into the period so the Islanders didn't even probably didn't even have their feet underneath them yet uh, but uh, it didn't that lead didn't last long uh, less than two minutes later um, Islanders went to their own power play. And, yeah, we got another goal from Devin Taves, uh, Devon Taves, I should say. Uh, a great setup from Pulak. Uh, Taves took a shot. He didn't take a big shot, you know, just kind of like a little – I mean, it was technically a slap shot, I would say, but uh, he didn't take a big wind-up like Pulak does. He just kind of let it go, um, and it just found its way into the net. I, You know, I watched the replay a few times. I'm just – I was – Obviously, very happy that this went in the net, but I also wasn't like, oh, well, they got Dubnik off. I think Dubnik probably would want that one back. So the Islanders, that would be the end of it. Uh, there was no more scoring in the rest of the game from that. So, you know, 2-1 two, lead early in the second period, uh, and the Islanders just shut it down. Uh, I do want to say the power play looked really good in this game. I know they only scored that one power play goal from Taves, but 
overall, they got a lot of good looks. Um, they got a, I mean, Dubnik was amazing. Uh, the penalty kill looked like they were struggling a bit. There was a few, especially in the third period when, um, you know, the Wild were making their push. They had a couple power plays in the third. Uh, but, uh, you know, Grice, Grice was unbelievable. Um, there was a couple of mad scrambles in the period with the, on the power play for uh, Minnesota. So, you know, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see guys, uh, you know, jump falling down on the ice. But, you know, the effort was there, uh, and they got the job done. The Islanders were able to hold on. Another huge win. I mean, this team is just something else. I mean, me and my buddies, we were uh, we were season ticket holders back uh, in the last four seasons of uh, the original Coliseum. Um, so, like, 2012 through 2015, I want to say. So... You know, those were some teams that were good, some teams that were not good. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times that we went to those weekend matinee games, like against the Flyers, or I don't even, I can't, it, it feels like it was always against the Flyers. And the Islanders would just shit the bed. And it would be so frustrating to watch a team, like, come out so flat every, like, every afternoon game, it's like, is, is there, are they not on their game clock, like, they're, they're just, are they all, like, this night mentality of, like, they play their games at night, uh, so it's, it is so strange to watch the Islanders actually able to close out a game, uh, on two games on the weekend, um, come from behind win on, on Saturday, and, and a shutdown game on Sunday, uh, it's, it's kind. It's quite remarkable. It's 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 kind of unbelievable. I still I still kind of can't I still can't kind of believe this. So so that's how the weekend went. Islanders get their seventy first and seventy second point of the season, sitting on top of the Metro Division uh, with the thirty three sixteen and six record, five points ahead of the second place Washington Capitals, who have sixty seven points. And yeah, yeah, wow, and seven points against ahead of the third place Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Islanders keep playing well, and they keep playing the way. I mean, it's hard to say you're gonna win three out of every four games. It's hard to say you're gonna win four out of every five games. But the Islanders have been doing it all year. Uh, as long as the Islanders keep up their pace, and even if a little bit of a letdown, the Islanders have a little bit of a cushion. It's not much, you know, we're only 55 games into an 82 game season. So, you know, you can't you can't let off the gas at all here, but the Islanders have a little cushion, you know, to sustain a little bit of a losing streak here and there, but the Islanders look they they're in very good position right now to secure home ice for the for the playoffs. And the Islanders haven't had home ice since 1988 in the playoffs, which is just unbelievable to me. I was two going on three years old when that happened okay i'm 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 33 this is kind of insane that it's taken this long they should have had home ice in 2002 if you remember that all the islanders needed was the rangers to beat the flyers in the last game of the season and the islanders would have won the division um and would have finished i believe third in the conference because they had the they were gonna have the best record of their division but the Worst division winner record, if that makes any sense. And, of course, the Rangers lost because, you know, it's the Rangers. They, they don't ever want to help us out. Uh, they also should have had Omice in uh, the 2015 year. All they had to do was get two points 
against the Columbus Blue Jackets in a jacked-up Nassau Coliseum last regular, regular season game ever at the original barn. And the Islanders had it. They couldn't hold the lead. Went to a shootout. Had the, had the lead in the shootout. And Halak just couldn't make a save. Islanders lost that game in a shootout. Basically finished in a tie with, uh, with uh, who was it? Uh, Washington. The Washington Capitals that year. Washington Capitals had the tiebreaker. They would have the two seed. We would have the three seed. So it's kind of remarkable that we haven't had home ice in this many years. The Islanders are in position to secure home ice. First place would be great. Second place would also be great. Um, it's almost it, it almost seems like, as weird as this is to say, that it almost seems like second place is more attractive because you're going to be facing the third place team in the division. And that's not to say that the third place team is going to be, you know, a cakewalk. Um, it's going to come down to, you know, whoever finishes the best between the Islanders, the Capitals, the Blue Jackets, and the Penguins. So one of those... One of those three teams is not going to finish in the top three, which is unbelievable because all three teams are having a good season. But right now it looks like the Penguins are on the – I mean, they're on the cusp of not making the playoffs. I mean, Hurricanes are still in this. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Now, the only thing I wanted to, to quickly ask now, ask the masses now, um, and maybe maybe this is maybe this is what I'll do. And I don't really have a format for the show yet. I don't exactly know what I'm going to do with this. I don't know how each show is going to break down. But, I mean, say theoretically, Islanders clinch playoff spot, regardless of their seeding, regardless of who they're playing. Who do you go to in goal now? I mean, I'll pull up the stats as, as I'm talking about this, but, I mean, Leonard has been the story of the year. I know coming out with that um, article in the Athletic early in the year, where he just talked about his depression, uh, his addictions, his you know drinking, and just like thoughts of suicide. I mean, and for him to turn in a season that he has this so far this year is uh, it's remarkable. But you know, at the same time, he's winning and he's he's coming out there. Gives them a chance to win almost every night. Um, I know there were some injury scares early in the season, which made me question his conditioning um, or even his state of health, you know, in general. You know, it's a lot of – he's coming out of a lot of stuff. You know, like he's coming out of depression, coming out of pills, you know. Like you don't know what kind of toll that, that takes on the body. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just – it, it's it's kind of a tough decision. Like, let's say the playoffs started today, right? 55, game, 55 games into the season, right? These stats are something else. Robin Leonard's save percentage, it's 930. Thomas Grice's save percentage is 927. Goals against, it's, more, it's a little bit of a wider gap. Robin Leonard, 2.05. Thomas Grice, 2.28. But still. 17 wins for Leonard, 16 wins for Grice, three shutouts for Leonard, three shutouts for Grice. I mean, but that's that's a tough matchup. That's really tough. I I honestly I don't know who would play in the playoffs at this point. It's it's a, it's a really tough it's a really tough call, uh, and that's a great problem to have. Um, you know, and it. 
this might come off as a little I don't, I don't I don't even know maybe not the right move but I'm almost wondering if the trade deadline comes around and that makes one of them an attractive trade bait piece I you know I don't I honestly I want to keep them both they, they've both been unbelievable and what do you do I mean Leonard's had injury problems and you know Grice has had inc- inconsistency problems in the past I mean you'll just look at his 2019 uh 2018 season he was horrible so like you risk obviously making a trade like that but I mean you have two I I think attractive uh you know trade trade targets here and you know the Islanders you know have shown since the break that they're not a, really a complete team. They've struggled to score goals at times. Um, their defense has been great. Goaltending has been great. They could use another piece on the power play. They could use another forward in the top six. Uh, I don't know what kind of deal they can make, but I mean, who's to say that maybe a goalie doesn't get moved in a in a move like this? And I I don't want them to do it, but it, it's something to consider. I mean. Leonard has, is Leonard's having a great year. Plus, he's having a he's a he's an unrestricted free agent, so it's a rental. But he's having an amazing season. It's a great rental for anyone, theoretically speaking. Grice, on the other hand, still has another year left on his contract after this year. People think it might be a little overvalued, but the way he's playing this year, I don't know. Maybe it maybe it is a good value. You're kind of trading for a guy for a year. After he's putting up a great season now, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have no idea what Lou Lamorello is gonna do, right? Nobody does. That's the Lou Lamorello bubble. We'll never really know what the dude's gonna do. There's no leaks from the organization. Any leaks that you hear is probably being leaked by other teams trying to in push trade talks with the Islanders. I just don't know. Um, so I'm just, I'm putting this out there. Just don't put it past. Lou to if he can find a deal where somebody's looking for a goalie I mean there's a lot of teams who need goaltending help now especially a lot of teams on the playoff bubble I mean hell Edmonton I I know they're falling but man if they just got I know Koskinen played pretty decently for a while but like if they got any decent goaltending from Talbot or any and I I mean or even Koskinen lately they that would be something to consider um yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, I thank you for tuning in once again. Uh, please, uh, please again, uh, just go ahead. and sup- sup- All you need to do for me is support the podcast by, you know, retweeting the podcast episodes, uh, sharing the links uh, that I put out there, liking them on, on Twitter as well. We have a Facebook group now as well. It's uh, facebook.com slash Belmont Skates. Uh, I hope to have another episode coming up later this week. Um, I definitely won't have one next week, and I will not be in the area, but I'll try to get one out during the middle of the week after a few of the the games coming up on the road this weekend. I just have a tough schedule coming up, going on the road now. I'm not saying that they can't win these games, but, you know, going on these ro- road trips could always be a little difficult. Going up to Buffalo on Tuesday and down into Columbus on Thursday. So before playing Edmonton back in Barclays Center for the last regular season game, possibly ever in the Barclays Center, depending on what they do with the playoffs and next season. So that should be interesting. I always got a 
they can't let up. Uh, Buffalo's a good team. Columbus is still in the mix despite all of the distractions around Bobrovsky and Panarin. So there's a lot of stuff coming up this week. I hope to be back. Um, thinking maybe I'll record on Thursday night and drop it for Friday because I will not be around that weekend, and I do want to be able to talk about it a little bit. So, uh, And then I'll be back the week after. They'll play Calgary and Edmonton again uh, in the middle of the week before heading out to Vancouver. So... That'll, do, that'll wrap it up here for a Belmont Skate Islanders podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Craig J. Dixon, and you can follow the podcast at Belmont Skates, both on Twitter. Uh, I appreciate it. We're trying to get the iTunes up now. Uh, still, I'm waiting on the authorization. I don't know why they take so long to authorize podcasts, considering they have so many of them out there. Uh, but for now, you can continue to listen on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Please rate and review on any platform. I don't care where you do it. You can do it anything. Uh, when when iTunes does come out, I will let you know. Uh, I, I, I'm talking to you, Apple. Can you maybe move this along a little bit? Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, let's go Islanders, and let's uh, let's wrap this up. See you guys next week.